Amen. Well, hallelujah, we are going to start a new series this morning called Empowered to Grow. Empowered to Grow. You have been empowered to grow. And ever since you were born, you have been growing in one way or another. It has been suggested that your ears and your nose never stop growing. I don't know if that's true or not, but you might be able to see that on some, but, uh, but you continue to grow in one way or another. You know, I, was, I was looking at this. There's a study done at the University of North Carolina, and it said between the ages of 20 and 79 that the human pelvis continues to It never stops growing. It never stops growing. And so immediately I thought, well, no matter how much working out I do, you know, I'm still going to have a wide hips, right? Uh, but you, you never stop growing. It's natural to grow. Your body wants to grow. Your mind wants to grow. God wants us to grow in every area of our lives, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. It is God's will for us to grow. If you have your Bible this morning, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, then cheat off of somebody else or use your device to look up the Bible online. You can do that real quick. And if all else fails, we'll have it up on the screen for you to read. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11, I'm reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible. If you have a different version, we'll get to the same spot eventually. But it says, and he, speaking of Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a perfect man, a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In other words, it is God's will, God's purpose for you to grow. And we're Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about empowered to grow. We're going to be talking about growing people, me. God wants me to grow. 
We're going to be talking about growing families. God wants you as a family to grow. No matter how that family is made up, God will take you right from where you are and cause you to grow. We're going to talk about growing communities. God wants our community to be knit together and to grow together. And then we're going to be talking about growing church. Today, growing people. Growing people. Well, let me tell you what I mean by grow. Here's what I mean by grow, my definition. Grow means to become larger or greater over a period of time. To, now here's the key word, increase. To increase, becoming greater in quantity, in size, extent, or intensity. In other words, growing equates to increasing in some way. And I want to tell you this morning that it is God's will for you to increase. It is God's will for you to increase. We need to understand something about the Lord if we're going to talk about growing. We need to understand that increasing and multiplication are God's way. You see, that's who he is. God increases. God multiplies. He doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't just put a little in. He pours it in so that it will multiply. He doesn't just put a little down to try to save some for later. God pours it all out. Why? Because he has an endless supply. There's more where that came from. Take it all. Eat it all. Because there's more where that came from. We need to understand that God is a God of abundance. Genesis 1.28, God said this, talking to Adam and Eve and you and me. God blessed them and God said to them what? Be fruitful and what? He didn't say add a little bit here or there. He said multiply, fill the earth. How many know if there's two people on the earth and the earth is as big as it is, you can't just add a couple people here and there and fill the earth. We're going to have to do a pyramid scheme. Come on, somebody. We're going to have to multiply in order to fill this thing. And that's the way God is, multiply. And he said, have dominion over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then down in chapter 9, look at what he said when he started the thing over. He got so mad at people because they multiplied, but also evil multiplied in their heart. So he wiped it all out except for a few. Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. And he started the thing over. Now, you would think, well, God learned his lesson the first time. He told these people to multiply, and look what happened. But God can't help himself. God is a God of multiplication. Come on, somebody. And so now God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them what? Be fruitful and what? Multiply and fill the earth. And then in the New Testament, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, Now may he who supplies, talking about Jesus, supplies seed to the sower, and bread for food, listen to what he says, supply and what? Multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. God is a God 
of increase. God is the God of multiplication. And then over in Hebrews, the writer said, for when God made a promise to Abraham, he's recounting the promise to Abraham. He said, because he could swear by no one greater, who's greater than God? He swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will what? Multiply you. God is a God of multiplication. He is a God of abundance. He wants you to grow. In fact, I'll take it a step further. God expects growth and increase. It's not just that he wants you to grow. He's not there, I would that you grow. God's saying, I expect growth and increase in you. He expects it. You remember the story from Matthew? The one who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man. And it was hard to do this thing. So what I did was I took the thing that you gave me and I hid it over here. So that way, when you come back, I'll have it. I can dust it off. Here you go. Here you go, Lord. You know what God said to him, what the master said to him? He said, you wicked, unfaithful, you perverse servant. What do you mean? I hid what you gave me. So this way you would have it. I wouldn't lose it. He said, I wasn't concerned about you losing it. What I was concerned about is making some increase. I'm concerned about a return on my investment. Then he says he cast out the unprofitable servant to the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God expects some increase from you. God expects something back. So now this means that you can no longer live your life just unto yourself. I don't bother anyone else. No one bothers me. I'll just get up, eat some Cheerios, go to work. I won't talk to anybody. I'll stay in my cubicle or I'll dig my ditch, whatever it is that I do, and not talk to others. And I'll come home and I'll make my, you know, microwave dinner. I'll watch a little TV, go to bed, and do the same thing all over again. God expects some relationships in your life. God expects you to increase, folks. He expects us to grow. Here in Ephesians 4, it said that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. And then he said that we may grow up in all things. That we may grow up in all things. You see, God uses this term throughout the whole Bible. He, we, the, the word is not in there, but it's used throughout the whole Bible. And that's this thing about agriculture. Some of you know about farming, and so you know about agriculture. And God uses it throughout the whole Bible. And this word agriculture is an interesting term, an interesting word to me, because it comes from two parts. The first part of it, agar or agra, and that's simply really at its most root form. The etymology of it means field or it means living things in a field, to make alive in a field. That's what that means, agra, to make alive in a field. Now, the, the true etymology of culture is just what it says. You, you, you create a culture or it comes from cultivate. 
means you cultivate something. But I want to introduce something else to you on this second part of it. Hidden in that word is the word cult. The word cult. And I want to look at that for a moment. And we know what cult means. It's a, maybe a small group of people that maybe for some religious reason they get together and they believe something. But the thing that they practice and what they believe is out of the ordinary. It's not normal. It's strange. It's not like everything else. It's, it's different. It's strange. Even sinister. It's cult. So now when you put those two words together, agra, and then you put cult on it, that means that a living thing is growing in a place that's strange, that it shouldn't be growing. That's how you get agriculture. You see, agriculture is when we grow things in a field that they don't normally grow in. See, there's places where things naturally grow. Over in the Philippines, we saw fields where pineapples just grew. Nobody even planted them. They just grew. You'll see places in Florida where an orange tree grows. It just automatically grows. There were places in, uh, in the city where you, you'll see a, a blueberry bush. It just grows. It's just natural to the ground. But when you plant something in a place that it's not supposed to grow and cause it to grow, you water it and you cultivate it and cause it to grow, that's agriculture. And God uses this thing throughout the whole Bible. You see, way back in Genesis, I believe around chapter 8 or chapter 9, God said, as long as the earth remains, there will be summer and winter, day and night, cold and hot, seed time and harvest will always be here. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, my father is the husbandman. And any branch in me that does not produce fruit, he will cut away. But if I remain in you and you remain in me, you will produce much fruit. This term agriculture, God uses it throughout the whole Bible. I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus also said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it will be there and it will abide alone. But if it die, it will bring forth fruit. See, a seed must go into the ground and then go through a process. A seed must go through a process. I want to tell you this morning that you are the planting of the Lord, Isaiah 61. You are the planting of the Lord. And I don't just mean in a church. I mean maybe in your community, maybe in your job. You are the planting of the Lord. Psalm 91 says you are the planting of the Lord. Here's what you have to understand about planting. When you have a seed and you look at it, it's not an oak tree. But everything that is needed to make the oak tree is hidden within the seed. And so when a seed is planted, that is, that thing has a destiny. And a planted seed is destiny concealed. But when the increase comes, that is destiny or purpose revealed. When it's planted, it's destiny concealed. It's in a dark place. It's in a place where it needs to be watered. It's in a place where it will die. But then when it goes through a process, come on, and it begins to come forth, 
out of the ground and the increase of that thing comes, the purpose, the destiny is then revealed. You are the planting of the Lord. Somebody this morning might be in a place they consider a dark place. Maybe you think that you can't see in this place and so it worries you. But I want to tell you something this morning. In the place that you're in, you don't need to see with your natural eyes. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by the word of the Lord, what God told us to do, and we'll increase every time, no matter where we are. When you plant the seed, you don't plant the seed thinking, well, this is the end game here. I'm going to plant it. Let me, let, me, let me share something with you because some people that listen to this may get these two things mixed up. See, there's a difference in planting and burying. You see, you bury something that's dead and you don't want to see it no more. You plant something with the hopes that it will bring forth the fruit that is intended. You bury a body to get rid of the body. When you plant a seed, you plant with hope and expectation. And I want to tell you this morning that God has planted you with a hope and with an expectation this morning. No matter what place you're in. He has empowered you to grow. Many people may feel like they're in a dark place, but I want to tell you that God is speaking to you, telling you that you're just in that transition place. You're simply in that transition place where God has planted you. Come on, he's planted you down. And burying and, and planting look the same because you got to take a shovel to the ground. And you got to put the seed down in there. But come on, you're a seed this morning. And so God has planted you. And you're down there. And everybody else thinks that you're down for the count. They think you're in a dark place. And that you're not able to come back because you owe money. Or you've done this. Or you've done that thing. Or you're in a dead-end job. But God has planted you. And if you'll begin to grab hold of his word, you'll realize that you're down here in the dirt. Come on, somebody. Uh, you're just destiny concealed right now. Oh, but when you come forth, when, you, when the increase comes, oh, it'll be revealed. It'll be revealed what God had you in that place for because you trusted him. Come on. You spoke his word in the place. You spoke his word when you were in that place. You followed his program and his plan. And you're able to come forth. Ah, destiny revealed. Oh, God wants you to increase this morning. He wants you to grow in every area of your life. That includes finances. That includes your health. That includes your relationships. Come on. You are empowered to grow, people. You are empowered to grow. Oh, Jesus was a seed. When he was up on the cross, they thought they had killed him. But he gave his life. And when his blood ran out and the living water came out, he gave his last breath. The Bible says that he gave up the ghost and they took his body down and they thought they buried him. But really what they were doing was they planted him in a place. Come on, somebody. And the Spirit of God came. Oh, and watered him. One plants, another waters. But God gives the increase. And God gave an increase. And guess what? 
Here's why I told you that. Because that same spirit, that same water that brought and water Jesus and brought him back from a dark place is in you. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. Oh, so don't think you're in a place where you can't come back. Don't think you're in a place where God can't increase you because of your circumstances, because of what you see around you, because greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in you, come on, than he that is in the world. God is able to do it. Oh, God is the police officer on the scene. I love using that analogy. Come on. I love using the analogy. Pastor Phil knows what I'm talking about. We got certain laws. You know, when the, when the light is red, the car has to stop. But when the police officer comes on the scene and you pull up to the red light and the police officer blows his whistle and tells you to go on through, what do you do? You go on through because the living representation of the law is here superseding all other things. And so what I want to tell you, there are certain laws and certain principles that we must follow. But when you get into the word of God and the Holy Spirit shows up on the scene, since he wrote the book, since he wrote the laws, since he created them, come on, he is able to come on the scene and reach into another dispensation. He's able to reach into another place and bring back things you've never seen. He supersedes all of those things. All he needs from us is our trust. He needs us to trust in him. So we're empowered to grow. We have that same spirit in us. There are three things that we need to do. First of all, we need to make a decision. We need to make a decision that I'm going to grow. You have to decide to do it. You, first of all, you must get off the fence about the fact that God's will for you is to increase. Because some people are on the fence about it. And here's what I mean by that. Well, I just don't know. You know, I see other people, you know, and, and one, of the, one of the worst things you can ever do, one of the worst things you can do is compare yourself to others. You'll never make your decision comparing yourself to others. If I look at Brother James and Brother Scott, Sister Jody, and say, oh, they are just so mature in the Lord. I see the way that they respond to certain things, and, you know, they're just so mature. You know, I could never be that. See, the first part of that is right. But what we should be saying is, that's where God wants me. I'm not compared. I don't want to be like Jody, but I want to be like that part of her that's mature. And God, if he did it for her, come on, he can do it for me. Because God is what? No respecter of person. Get off the fence about the fact that God wants you to increase. I want to tell you, I want to settle it now for all time. God wants you to increase in every way, in every way of your life. He wants you to increase. He wants you to increase in knowledge. Come on. He wants you to increase in your life. And then number two, you have to make a commitment. We talked about commitment a couple weeks ago. I hope that meant something to you. Because you have to make a commitment. Here's the thing about it. It's, it's more than just getting information about what I should do. Because Brother Keith can tell you how to lose weight. He can print out all kind of things 
that he's done before and show you how to lose weight and to be in shape. But if you don't take the information and put it into practice, it doesn't do you any good. All it is is information. And so commitment comes when you take the information and put it into practice. And you say, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to engage some deep water. I'm jumping off the deep end. It's not just digesting information. That's a part of it. But it's putting what you've learned into practice. You've got to do it. I mean, I could talk all day long about going to the gym or learning uh, more about my job or whatever it is, getting closer to the Lord or be, being a better husband or being a better father. Yes, I want to, I can pray. Boy, I tell you, I can weep. I can do all those, I can speak in tongues. I can do all kind of things that religious people do to, uh, you know, say that I would do this thing, never put it into practice, and it does me no good. It doesn't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Some remember that. I told you, you need a little corniness every once in a while. And then lastly, you must follow through. You've got to follow through. You've got to follow through. You've got to finish. I'll tell you what I, I'm good at doing, and I know some others are. I won't call any names, but I, I know for me, I'm good at doing it. I'm good at starting stuff. Man, I have some great ideas. I tell you what, I got, Brother Keith, no, I got some great ideas. We got great ideas, man. We talk about them, you know, do this thing, do that thing. You know, next year, this time, we're we going to do that thing. We're going to do that thing. <laughs> and never do it. I'm going to go to college. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to college. And then, so you make the decision. And then you make a commitment. You actually call some colleges. Well, I guess you don't call anymore. You go online and get all your information for the college. You fill out the application. And you go so far as to put the $50 application fee. Now, you, you know, now you're in it because you paid some money to do it. But after the first couple classes, life begins to happen. And you begin to miss class and miss class. Then all of a sudden you drop out. No follow through. I'm good at starting stuff, but God wants us to follow through. He wants us to finish the thing. If we're going to grow, we have to be able to follow through. Now, when you're talking about growing spiritually, what are we talking about? We're talking about studying God's word. Now, I'm talking about more than just reading it now. We're going a little deeper, okay? Some of us need to get to the reading part. I know that. I understand that. Nothing wrong with it. But don't stop there. We need to study the thing. You see, I'm going to plan this year. I said, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to read the whole Bible in one year. So I got one of those plans, and praise the Lord so far, and I'm not going to knock on wood, Brother Steve. I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to read the whole Bible this whole year. So far, so good. I'm caught up. You know, amen. But at the end of the year, just reading the Bible, just reading through the Bible in one year, I'm not going to remember half of it. I mean, I'm just being honest with you in terms of memorizing all of the scriptures that I've read. I mean, a lot of it will stick down in my spirit. But if I don't put any of what I read into practice, if I don't study at all, at all, then it's not going to mean anything to me, folks. We got to study the word. We need some devotion and fasting in our lives. I'm going a little deeper this morning. This is not just on skimming the top. 
We need to have some devotion. You need to have some time where you set aside and it's just you and God. You know, you, if, you, if you're married and you, you say, I, I know my wife like the back of my hand, but you're always at work, you're at home, you're always watching the game, you haven't talked to her really in two years, you really don't know her at all. I want to tell you that. I hate to tell you. You might think you do. You know what she likes to eat. But you don't know how she feels. It's the same way with the Lord. You don't spend any time with him. You don't know him. And then we need some fellowship, folks. No man or woman is an island. You're not going to get this thing done by yourself. Brother Brian testified this morning. You know, I thought I had to do it all by myself. I'm going through all this stuff. Maybe people will look down on me. Well, I'm not going to, we don't have time. I was going to, you know, people that look down on others. I mean, really, don't do that. Because if we were to open the closet, come on now, bones just falling out the closet, skeleton, come on now. (laughs) All of us been somewhere and been through some things. Even Angie, you've been through something, Angie. We don't want to look in your closet either probably need to clean it up but (laughs) just kidding Angie but don't look down on others we need to fellowship with each other and then finally and I'm I'm charging our church here and myself mainly is discipleship we have to have discipleship God commanded it we have to have it we're missing the point of the gospel if, you, if you're able to come out Wednesday night, we're talking about this on Wednesday night. You're missing the whole point of the Bible if you don't uh, understand discipleship. And that's simply fellowship to the next level. It doesn't mean you're spending all day, every day with someone else trying to teach them something, but it means a call. It means taking somebody, it means listening, not just forming an answer. Communication is two ways. It means also listening. And so we need to disciple others and we need to be discipled. What we need to understand this morning is that God has empowered you to grow as a person. And you're no good to your family. You're no good to your community. You're no good to your church. You're no good to your job unless you can take a hard look in the mirror at yourself and say, you need to grow up. There's some areas in your life, Michael, that you need to grow up. You need to grow up. And God wants us to grow. God expects us to grow. There may be some here today that have not fully grasped that thing, that God has empowered you to grow, to increase in every area of your life. And I, I don't want you to leave here today with being on the fence about that thing, being on a fence that I don't know really if I can do that. I don't know if that's for me. I mean, somebody else can do it, but I'm just not, you know, I look at myself and I'm just not capable. You know, I'm not as big as that guy, or I'm not as smart as that lady over there. You know, I haven't been through as much as that person over there. Listen, God has empowered you. The Spirit is as smart as that one over there. The Spirit of God is as strong as that one over there. The Spirit of God can do everything that anyone else can do, and the Spirit of God is in you. So you can do it. You can do it. Stand to your feet this morning.